Welcome to the Unity Works Podcast, where we'll share positive insight on today's topical and sometimes controversial topics. The discussion is shaped through the lens of unity and acceptance while focusing on our community, families, and the workplace. Life works better when we come together. Here's your host, Daryl Ross. Hello and welcome to the Unity Works Podcast. Just thrilled that you're here. I'm your host, Daryl Ross. Today, we're talking about unity in integrity-driven leadership. You know, I think we'd all agree that the value and culture of an organization is directly correlated to the skill set and mindset of the leader. But also, the integrity of the organization falls on the leader too. So I'm just truly honored to have a guest interview that can speak directly to integrity and leadership. Crystal Parker is a friend. We both attend Discovery Church here in Florida, but she's also a former executive for a Fortune 200 company. She now owns her own business called Intent and Impact, where she specializes in board-level strategy and leadership consulting. Now, that's not enough. She's the new president of the Central Florida Christian Chamber of Commerce, Unity Works family, please welcome Crystal Parker. Crystal, how are you, friend? Hey, I'm doing great, Daryl and Unity family. Thank you so much for having me today. I am so thrilled you're here. And you know, even though you have quite a bit in your introduction, I didn't even mention that you are also a professor at Ottawa University. So tell us quickly, you know, what do you teach and what's your primary focus? Oh, sure. My primary focus is management and business classes. I go anywhere from you know business management to ethics, leadership, cultural diversity, and entrepreneurial vision and strategy. That is fantastic. And you are so busy. And from the beginning, when you and I first met, I always felt this synergy that you were really a leader. And so I thought you'd be the perfect person to kind of have about this topic. I often say that leadership you know, isn't a final destination. It's more of a process because, look, we're constantly learning, right? Mm -hmm. But when did you know, for you, that you wanted to develop leaders? It's it's an interesting question because I really never saw myself as a leader. I had my first leadership role as a manager over the public school uh, when I was 18. And so I never really saw myself as a leader or a manager, or any of that. I just knew that I really liked working with people, and I really spent the time developing those around me so that we could really be mission-minded. You know, 85% of job success comes from well-developed people skills. And people skills was always something that just came natural to me. Of course, I've worked on on it over and over um, as I've grown and developed as a leader. But I always have had the philosophy that my team doesn't work for me. I work for them. You hire the right people, put them in the right position. And I tell you what, it can, magic can happen, especially if you see it as empowering them to be the best that they can. So to me, that's just was something that came natural. That is so true. And the funny thing is, even though you may not have seen yourself as a leader, you said the first thing that I think is so important, you kind of worked on You, you know, I think leaders often forget we're kind of students also. And with that, I know you are a certified trainer and speaker through the John Maxwell organization. And one of your areas of expertise is DISC. So why do you think DISC is so important to leaders? And 
really for the organization as a whole? Part of the work that I did on myself as a leader was several iterations of DISC throughout my career. And uh, even, you know, at at, uh, Harvard Business School, we did the DISC. I went to an executive level leadership uh, course and certification out of um, Oklahoma State University. We did DISC. We did the DISC in at, uh, at the office there within that corporate job that I had. So learning DISC has been evolved and evolving throughout my career. And, you know, so I really believe that the first line of diversity is personality. And uh, within the DISC model, you know, people come to make decisions quickly. They don't need a lot of information. And then there's other people that like to really analyze. And right there, there is a big challenge that happens in the workplace where somebody wants to give a lot of information and somebody doesn't need all that information. Some people like to check off the checklist, uh, and those are the task-oriented people, whereas other people are the people people. They like to talk. They're animated. They love being around people. So therein creates another divide in the workplace. So really learning self and understanding the DISC model can help uh, to be able to bring everybody together. Unity, right? That's the that's what we're doing. It's all about unity. And actually, diverse workforces have a 19% higher return. So as I am certified in this, I work with teams all the way down to the supervisor level. And what I found when I disc profile teams, managers, leaders that are not self-aware is that they stack their teams and their workplace or their board with people that are just like them. They profile all together because like attracts life. I always like to say birds of a feather find each other and then they flock together. So we're unconscious most of the, most of the time. And so, because 90% of decisions and the things that we're doing are in the unconscious. So if only 10% is conscious, what we've got to do is really slow down that decision-making process, utilize DISC as the first line of diversity to be able to include and have an inclusive, diverse workforce. You know, I really like, when I went through my assessment, not only do you find out about yourself, but then you really find out how you can work better with others. And I think it's just so interesting. So it's awesome that you are a leader in that realm and how we can help, you know, not just employees, but organizations as a whole to really move the needle forward. But with that, look, let's be honest, hopefully most of our listeners have had great leaders in their lives, but Studies show it is probably likely that they've had bad leaders, too. And, you know, you and I have talked about this offline, that part of bad leadership is just sometimes, you know, a lack of integrity. And so I know you are a person, a leader of integrity. What does being a leader of integrity mean to you and why do you think it's so important? Well, I think we've all had those bosses that you're talking about. And I like to say stress producing bosses are bad on the heart. $550 billion in economic impact for workplace stress. And let's face it, Daryl, people don't leave companies, they leave people. And oftentimes they leave bosses. So really being able to understand this, I, I have to admit, I've had some pretty bad bosses in my career. 
And I was probably a bad boss too. At some, I'm sure somebody somewhere down the road would say she was a bad boss. Not a right? chance. No way. Uh, no way. <laughs> most likely, yes. Because guess what? You can't make everybody happy. But here's what you can do, and this is really what I what I want to key into the question. It's such a wise question. You can't make everybody happy, but you can do the right thing. I heard a quote once and it says, you'll never go wrong doing the right thing. Now, what that means is be consistent in your decision-making process. That's part of integrity. If people don't know what to expect from the leader, trust is eroded in the organization. If you're very sporadic in your decision-making process, they can't understand what you're doing or why you're doing it then it creates a lack of trust in the organization. And the other thing I would just tell your audience, and I'm sure they do this already because they're listening to such a great leader themselves by tuning in to you, is if you say you're going to do it, do it. Be about your word. Um, you're only as good as your word. I say that to my daughter all the time. You're only as good as your word. So if you say you're going to do something, by golly, just do it. And if you can't do it because of, whatever bureaucracy or something along the a path has made this that you cannot do it, then sit down and explain the why. Because that's going to build trust and it's going to show that you're a leader of integrity. I'm so glad you said that trust word. I didn't even put it in my question because I knew you'd lean into it. The I think so many leaders just fail to realize that if they can just garner trust, it's really okay to not know the answer. It's okay to not even know where you're headed. But if your team trusts you, then they're going to give you a little bit of slack for that. And it really is okay. So I totally agree. And I'm so glad you kind of leaned into that. Now, speaking of trust and integrity-driven leadership, you've now taken your skills to lead as the president of the Central Florida Christian Chamber of Commerce. Come on, that's exciting. <laughs> when I first heard that, I was like, yes, I was so excited. So, you know, what's your vision for the chamber and how are things looking so far? Thank you. I've, I'm honored to be able to serve in that capacity. Uh, you know, I have always had a love for business and I've been very successful with business in my own business and company. And to be able to align my spiritual gifts of business and the ability to serve others in the Christian business community, it is truly a dream come true and something that the Lord I know has just, just blessed me with in my family. Uh, the vision is we build kingdom, we build business, and we build community, and we do it through education, experience of all the other members, and exposure for people's businesses. I tell you what, this is a thriving and growing group and community of talented Christian business professionals across Central Florida and even beyond. And um, the Lord has shown me there's going to be thousands upon thousands of people that are going to be a part of this community. And not only the community itself, but the impact to those around. When we think about marketplace ministry and business leaders with integrity and biblical entrepreneurs, we are really talking about impacting the community beyond those that are just members, but family members, friends, vendors, people around, people that we work with. We're modeling integrity at a higher level, and we have a superpower in these businesses, and that superpower is the Holy Spirit. So watch out. We've got something really exciting in the business community within the Christian Chamber. 
I, I love that. And two things. One, it's just a great example of how you can still lead as a Christian. Mm-hmm. It really is okay to mix business because Christ expects that of us to be of integrity. But second, you know, earlier you mentioned that many employees don't really leave bad jobs. They leave bad bosses. Well, the reverse is also true, in my opinion. People will gravitate towards great leaders, and you're one of them. I joined the chamber without knowing a thing about it, simply because I knew you were the leader. So <laughs> if you're listening out there, and especially if you're in the Central Florida area, but really, you know, anyone can join. Uh, the website is cfchristianchamber.com, cf christianchamber.com. Definitely check that out. Thank you for joining. And I did have a little alternative motive to reaching out to you to share with you about the Christian Chamber, because we have a platform and stage, and I just can't wait to introduce you to the businesses of the Christian Chamber, where you're going to get a chance to speak into their lives and to speak about being the light. So it's it's a mutual uh, excitement here. I truly appreciate that. I I can't tell you how much that means to me. And I was on board long before that. So the the second I heard you, the president said, "Yep, I'm there." Um, it, I definitely want to ask you finally, just just when you think of unity and integrity, that's just kind of inherent being a great leader. So, what are your final thoughts on how leaders can be more of a catalyst of more unity in the workplace? People just don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. I I love the saying, before you ask for a hand, you've got to touch a heart. And I just can't stress that enough for what a leader with integrity is, is seeing more than just bodies doing the work, but seeing human beings, seeing people. Uh, Google, you know, they're, they're a really interesting company. They were looking at reorganizing their organizational structure. And as they were doing that, they were saying, okay, how is it that certain people are more successful in the Google family? And these are a bunch of, um, you know, analytical or data engineers, right? So they put the analytics behind it and they started to assess what makes people successful in this community. And they call it Project Oxygen. And I'll just give you the first five of the 10. And this was in the order of their success ratio of what made people successful. Number one was they were a good coach. Number two, they were good communicator. Number three, they valued different perspectives and different points of view. Number four, they were able to show empathy. And number five, they had critical thinking. You really do have a catalyst if you will, for unity in the workplace. So what I would say is focus on one or two things and improve yourself daily. Work on it. Read books on it. Um, You know, get in a class somewhere. School is never out for the professional. And if you think once I get that big title, then I'm done growing, then you're going to grow yourself right out of that title. Because people that recognize constant, consistent personal development and growth. And I think you would agree with that because that's kind of the business that you found yourself in. Um, But even for myself, uh, I help people grow through coaching and through development all the time. But guess who invests in her growth? It's me. I read. I make sure I'm at a retreat or something every year. Keep my sword sharp. I'd so love that. And part of your 
you know, tagline for your life. I think we all have our our signature statement of who we are to our core. I love yours. Business is my sport. Do you mind real fast kind of sharing? What does that mean? Business is my sport. Thanks. Absolutely. I love the end with I'm Crystal Parker and business is my sport. And it's just like any sport. If you want to be good at it, you have to work at it. And so oftentimes you see if you have a kid in sports, they have practice. A professional athlete, they surround themselves with the best trainers, the best players that are in the business to help them grow. And so business is no different. If you want to be good at something, you've got to work at it. And if you want to be the best, it's going to take a lot of work. And surround yourself with good players, meaning if if you're the smartest person in the room, get a new room. Find people that make you a little uncomfortable to help you grow so that you can truly improve and be the very best you that you can be. Every night when you lay your head down on that pillow, know that you gave it all. And then you wake up and you get a start. His mercies are made new every day. Get a start and try again. I so love that. I tell you what, you got to come back. Let's do a part two of this, okay? Let's do it. Yeah, so if you really want to get more information first on the chamber, look up cfchristianchamber.com and more specifically on Crystal and her business of coaching and leadership training, intentandimpact.com. I'll put both of those sites in the description. It's really, truly enjoyed having you here. Thank you for your time. Much love to you, Crystal. Much love to you. Take care and goodbye, Unity Works family. Hey, be sure to share this episode with a friend because life works better when we come together. Talk to you all next week.